98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Judd Boaz. The headlines, the first human case of rat hepatitis E has been found in Hong Kong. Home prices fall for the first time in over two years. And President Trump's Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and the woman who has accused him of attempted rape have both given evidence to a dramatic Senate hearing. A 56-year-old liver transplant patient has been infected with a strain of hepatitis E that was previously only present in rats. Microbiologists believe it's the first ever human case. Wendy Wong has more. Sources say the man lives at Choi Wan Estate and his flat is close to a refuse room infested with rats. The man underwent a liver transplant at Queen Mary Hospital last year but continued having problems with his graft. A study led by microbiology professor Yun Kwok-yong found that the man was probably infected via the environment or through food contaminated by rats carrying the virus. Researchers said the genetic composition of hepatitis E viruses in humans and rats differs greatly. They said the finding is very important as it would mean the red hepatitis E virus had broken through the barrier between different species. Professor Yun will review more details about the case later at a press briefing. Hong Kong home prices have fallen for the first time in over two years, Altus Wong reports. A home price index by the Rating and Valuation Department dropped 0.08% from 394.2 in July to 393.9 in August, the first fall since March 2016. But when compared to same month last year, the index was still up 16%. And for the first eight months of this year, the reading rose 11.7%. Apart from small-sized units under 430 square feet, which recorded a gain of 0.3%, other flats fell. Flats there are over a 1,000 square feet dropped 0.48% and luxury units saw the biggest price drop of just under 0.9%. But rent levels remain resilient, hitting another record for their seventh consecutive monthly gain. Rent rose 0.98% last month, bringing this year's rise to 4.37%. President Trump has praised his Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, for his testimony before a U.S. Senate committee. During an often heated and emotional session, Mr. Kavanaugh denied that he had sexually assaulted Christine Blasey Ford when they were teenagers. He also denied allegations by other women. Earlier, Dr. Ford fought back tears as she told the panel she had feared for her life as Mr. Kavanaugh attempted to rape her. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports. Both Christine Blasey Ford and Brett Kavanaugh gave powerful testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee, even if they were starkly different in tone. Dr Blasey Ford was quiet, her voice shaking, as she talked about the long impact of an alleged attack 36 years ago, while Judge Kavanaugh spoke with anger as he denied he was in any way responsible. Republicans have been meeting following the hearing, and it's understood they plan to push ahead with the committee vote on his nomination within the next 12 hours. That could mean a final vote in Senate as early as next week. A woman has died in a hit-and-run incident near the Lokmao Chow immigration control point. Initial investigations show she was knocked down by a medium goods vehicle at around half past seven this morning. The woman was certified dead at the scene. A three-day drill at the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge will begin today to ensure it's ready for operation. The Hong Kong Guangdong Boundary Crossing Bus Association says it will be taking part on two of the days. Two buses will drive over the bridge while staff will act as passengers. The association says the drill will give them a better idea of journey times. The 50-kilometre bridge is scheduled to open late next month. 
Today is the fourth anniversary of the start of the pro-democracy umbrella movement, a 79-day of street occupation in busy districts that some will argue forever changed the political landscape of Hong Kong. Although the civil disobedience campaign didn't bring democracy to the SAR, one of the student leaders of the Occupy campaign, Joshua Wong from Demosisto, says he has no regrets. Four years ago, with how Umbrella Movement raised the new generation political awareness and also show to the world that Hong Kong people are the ones who committed to democracy movement, to urge the government, uh, to urge Beijing to ask to have free elections. Even uh, we can't achieve concrete reform during the civil disobedience. I still believe that uh, is the legacy of Hong Kong democracy movement. Mr. Wong said he and other members of the democracy camp plan to take their movement forward with a new project called Civic Hub. It will issue reports on political developments here. It's because we believe it's a must for Hong Kong democracy camp to have a new, um, com- a new platform reach to their English audience and also international community. With this kind of systematic report, we hope in the future we can regularly publish and let people to have more full understanding on what's going on in Hong Kong. Mr Wong said he expected his party, Demosisto, which favours self-determination, to face a ban in the future. Earlier this week, the government used the society's ordinance to ban the pro-independence National Party on national security and public order grounds. The ordinance is typically used for triad organisations. Government targeted the one asked for independence, and the date might come for them to target the one asked for self determination. Even Demosisto is not the one advocate for Hong Kong independence. We just ask for self determination, which means that we have to freely determine the political status of Hong Kong by Hong Kong people, not Beijing government. But uh, we are not sure when will uh, Beijing or Hong Kong government formally target Demosisto. We just hope people are aware that. Uh, it's not just a matter of we agree or disagree uh, on Hong Kong's independence efficacy. It really related to freedom of association and expression. China and Russia have called on the UN Security Council to consider easing sanctions on North Korea. The US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says they must continue to be enforced. The BBC's Barbara Plett Usher reports. Mr. Pompeo spoke positively about plans to accelerate negotiations towards denuclearization. But until North Korea fully gives up its nuclear weapons program, he said, Security Council members had a duty to vigorously enforce UN sanctions. Russia and China, however, both argued that restrictive measures should be eased in order to reward North Korea for gradual steps towards disarmament and encourage it to take more. The Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov sharply criticized U.S. policy, saying it was unacceptable for sanctions to become a tool of collective punishment. The Israeli leader Benjamin Netanyahu has revealed what he says is a secret location where Iran has been storing nuclear equipment and material. Addressing the United Nations General Assembly, Mr. Netanyahu identified the site's street address in Tehran and demanded that international inspectors investigate it. Officials in Mali say at least eight people have been killed, including one civilian driver, in a region badly affected by Islamist violence. The BBC's Mary Harper reports. 
There's been increased violence in Mali in recent months and it's taken several different forms, jihadist, separatist, ethnic and criminal. United Nations and other foreign forces are finding it difficult to contain the violence. Mali is the most dangerous of the UN's intervention missions. Growing numbers of people are being forced from their homes. The UN says more than 5 million need humanitarian aid, more than at any time since conflict broke out six years ago. In a highly unusual move, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, joined Venezuelan anti-government protesters outside the U.N. headquarters to call for the departure of President Nicolas Maduro. The BBC's Candice Piet reports. Mrs. Haley was heard shouting through a megaphone that the U.S. would fight for Venezuela until Mr. Maduro was gone. Her presence amongst the Venezuelan demonstrators came a day after President Donald Trump had hinted at military options against Mr. Maduro's government. Mr. Maduro made a last-minute journey to the U.N. in New York and accused the United States of permanent aggression. Mrs. Haley has also visited the border with Colombia, which has accepted more than one million Venezuelans fleeing the country's dire economic crisis in search of security, food, medicine and jobs. An international study has found that the world's population of killer whales is at risk. The core seems to be a highly toxic chemical called PCB. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. This chemical compound was once produced in vast quantities and used in everything from plastics and paints to electrical equipment and sealants. And although banned decades ago, has amassed in the environment, leaching into the ocean. Killer whales are the top predators, so they absorb all the PCB pollution taken in by the prey in their food chain. Researchers tell Science Journal that the damage to the orca's reproductive capability means many populations in the most polluted waters will likely be wiped out in the next 30 to 50 years. To business news and financial authorities in the United States have filed a lawsuit against the head of Tesla, Elon Musk, accusing him of lying to investors when he claimed he had secured the funding to take the car maker back into the private ownership. At a press conference, Stephanie Avakian of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission outlined the charges. The SEC filed securities fraud charges against Elon Musk, stemming from his August 7, 2018 statements disseminated over Twitter that he was considering taking Tesla private. Musk's statements misled members of the investing public because funding for this proposed transaction had been secured. The market reacted to this information and Tesla's stock price quickly traded up. We allege that Musk's statements were false and misleading because they lacked any basis in fact. Mr. Musk has rejected the charges. Italy's populist government has agreed its first budget which includes ambitious spending plans that may further provoke further conflict with the European Union. Italy had promised to cut its debt burden, already the second highest in the Eurozone, but the agreed budget deficit of 2.4% of gross domestic product is likely to increase it. Locally and most regional markets have risen following gains on Wall Street overnight after news of robust U.S. economic growth. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 27,884. That's 168 points up on the previous close. Market turnover was at $39.5 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.49 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar 16 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 23 cents. Sports now, and here's Adam Chung.
Let's start with baseball. The Chicago Cubs and the Colorado Rockies have each taken a one-game lead in the National League Central and West divisions, respectively. Results from this final weekend of the Major League season will determine playoff matchups in the National League. Chicago blamed Pittsburgh 3-0, while Colorado got past Philadelphia 5-3. Chicago and Milwaukee are in a dogfight for the Central Division title that will spare them from the wildcard round. Colorado lead Los Angeles in the West, while St. Louis are also in the mix. Here's our U.S. sports commentator, Ray Jovanovich. We've made the case all along that the National League would probably come down to that final weekend and indeed the final game of the regular season. We will not know the entire National League playoff lineup until Sunday night when the 162nd game of the Major League Baseball season is completed. As you mentioned, the Chicago Cubs hanging on. The Cubs had a five-game lead just a couple of weeks ago in the National League Central over Milwaukee, but the Cubs have stumbled. The Brewers have played really good baseball, and now those teams are essentially even with three games to play, and the Colorado Rockies have taken a very slim lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Essentially, got to win the West in order to guarantee a spot in the playoffs. The Cubs and the Brewers have already qualified for the playoffs, but we don't know who's going to win the Central and who's going to win the West. India's cricketers are getting ready to defend their title against Bangladesh when the 2018 Asia Cup final starts tonight in Dubai. India are clear favorites, having won the event six times, while Bangladesh are seeking their first title, having reached the final twice in the three previous tournaments. Our cricket commentator, Sanir Chowdhury, says Bangladesh can only win if their top players are at their best. They should uh, or need to hope that uh, two of their best cricketers, Mashraf Murtaza and Mushfiqur Rahim, are fully fit because we saw that they were tired. The, the heat seemed to have taken a lot out of them in the previous game. And they've already lost two other good cricketers, Shakib Al-Hassan and Tamim Iqbal, both of them getting injured during the tournament. But at the same time, they'll need to mount a performance like they did against Pakistan in that virtual semi-final last game with the bat, with the ball and very importantly in the field. I think that is where they won that game against Pakistan. Most of it, uh, they'll have to do that and then hope that India make a lot of mistakes because that's the one way that they can win the tournament. To football now, Arsenal midfielder Aaron Ramsey is likely to leave the club next summer. That's after the Gunners withdrew a contract offer. A new four-year deal was initially agreed for the Wales International, but Arsenal then decided they couldn't proceed with it. Ramsey is expected to leave as early as January. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The first human case of rat hepatitis E has been found in Hong Kong. Home prices fall for the first time in two years, and President Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, and the woman who has accused him of attempted rape have both given evidence to a Senate hearing. The news from RTHK.